Welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, Emma Lustrak. But first, a song you can only find on Atlanta Mix 108. Ready for Your Love by Seacal and Ashley Colazzo. Time is you I want forever and forever's a long time I'm ready for your love 
Welcome, Alana, to tonight's author talk show. I'm your host, Emma Roostrak. I'm here with Brian, and forgive me, I can't pronounce your last name. I barely can. It's rough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here to talk about your wonderful book, The House Always Wins, and this is a Las Vegas ghost story. It sounds very intriguing, and we haven't read a few pages, because time allowing and everything now. Um it is very intriguing from and captivating from what I have already read. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully it's a page turner and you'll, you'll read more. Um, I've lived in Vegas for more than 30 years. And this is an odd town, as, as people know. It's great to visit. It's great to live here, but there's no place like it. So I've been taking notes the whole time. And I've been writing Las Vegas novels, trying to get it right. You know, every town has its unique features, and most of what I've read about Las Vegas has been very superficial, so I try to go beyond that from an insider's perspective to uh, let people know what it's really like for those of us who've lived here for a long time. And that's one of the things I try to accomplish in my uh, in my writing. Uh, you know, I write fiction, but that's just a, a better vehicle for getting my points across but hopefully not in a heavy-handed way, you know, hopefully more entertaining and humorous. It, it is, and it's a unique way of writing your stories. Having been to Vegas now twice, it's a beautiful city. I know there's a lot of history there going back from 1940-ish, I believe, to now. Yeah, when Bugsy and the gang started building the uh, the first of the, the, well, they were mega resorts in those days. Now they don't look like it. And they, but uh, they really, the mob really did create this town. That's what I heard from history books <laughs> and watching right, movies right. like that. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful city. It's built up so much, even from 2013 to now. It's constantly changing. It is, and and, and we're very, um, we're kind of on the fast track. Everything is like time-lapse photography. Uh, a hotel here that's 20 years is considered old by some people. And, you know, all, so we, until recently, we haven't really valued our history. But fortunately, they opened up a museum a while back called the Neon Museum. And they're saving a lot of the old architecture and the signs from the imploded hotels and things. So uh, they, they, the older ones, like the dunes, unfortunately, they didn't save those signs and those were amazing but they've started doing that we also have the mob museum which is a phenomenal museum it's not just a tourist trap and i did a lot of research for my book at the mob museum uh and got very friendly with the people over there in fact they carry the book in the in their uh gift shop now and the reason is because there's a ghost in my book based on a real haunted house that my family and i lived in about 15 years ago that's a whole other thing i can talk about later if you like but the ghost is based on a real guy that helped build this town named Mo Dalitz. And like a lot of the gangsters, uh, he came from back east, and it was an opportunity for him to reinvent himself. And he came out here and ultimately opened a construction company, legit, and built our first indoor mall and built our first real hospital. He became uh, a leader in the Las Vegas community, and this kind of thing happens, you know, all the time. Vegas is a town for second chances. And some people have taken good advantage of that. 
and uh, turn their lives around and, and become, you know, quite legendary. Of course. And a lot of the names that we associate with with Vegas is big names. And then you hear the ghost stories that go along with those names now. But it's amazing to hear the correlation between the two. Oh, yeah. So this house um, in the early 2000s, my wife is a realtor, and our kids were looking for a house, our, our, our grown daughter and, uh, and son-in-law. And they found this big fixer-upper not that far from downtown. And it needed a tremendous amount of work, but it was because of that you could get it for like $150,000. It was an amazing deal. And we all bought it and moved in and spent about three years rehabbing the house. While we were in there, we felt like we were bringing back a ghost of perhaps a former occupant. And uh, nothing scary, just weird noises and strange temperature changes. And the clocks never worked properly. And sometimes you'd smell cigar smoke and that kind of weirdness, which was it a ghost? I have no idea. But when you're a fiction writer, that's all you really need to be able to take it and run with it, you know? And that's what I was able to do with The House Always Wins, is I created a young couple that move into this fixer-upper house, and they're bringing back a ghost who turns out to be, I'm not giving away too much, but turns out to be a dead mobster who helps them in a fight to keep the house away from a crooked casino developer. And I would say that's um, redundant because a lot of the casino owners and and developers are, are crooked still to this day. So that was the end well, of the story. Well, I think you story. have to be. Right? A little bit. And, uh, you know, all of the, the news that we've read lately about even the next generation of casino guys like Steve Wynn, uh, he got forced out recently on that Me Too thing. There's a lot of stuff that goes on here that's that's still pretty shady. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great fodder for uh, those of us who write, whether we write fiction or nonfiction. Oh, exactly. I think you can never run out of stories with Vegas. That's just one no, of the you pit- can't. Yeah, you hit the you hit that on the head. I have more, people always say to authors, "Where do you get your ideas?" I've got more ideas than I've got time to write them. So I just have to pick the ones that excite me the most. Exactly. We never have enough time to write everything that's in our heads. That's for sure. There's no doubt, and. Uh, you know, but this one tormented me for for many years because I started it, and then when the economy crashed, I had to go back to work full time, and I put this kind of shelved it, you know, uh, digitally shelved it, and but then when things started to turn around, and I was doing a lot of traveling, I wound up writing most of it on planes and in hotels and in airports, which is kind of wasted time anyway. So you may as well take advantage of it. And, right. Uh, that helped me. So I'm glad I was able to get this out. It's a, it, it, the story means a lot to me. And the, the ghost, for example, when he's talking about his younger days to our, our uh, protagonist, Anna, who's a young reporter, uh, he was really based on some of the stories I heard from my dad growing up in, as, a, as a young man in Detroit during the Prohibition. He grew up with a lot of mobsters. So I heard some of those stories firsthand. Uh, they wanted him to join a, 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 a mob called the Purple Gang, which was pretty legendary at the time. And these were some really bad guys. They were so bad that the New York and the Chicago mob used to hire them to come in and do hits. You know, they would they would farm that out. 
And uh, I heard all those stories. Luckily, my dad was smart enough not to join because most of those guys didn't make it out of their 20s. So, uh, and he lived to be 88. Right. So uh, he made a good decision. <laughs> well, that's always a good point because we all want to see 88, don't we? Yeah, that would or- be a good deal. I think I'll sign up <laughs> for that one right now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us based on our own choices and some of us based on from back then what was available in that time period. So Oh, no doubt. Yeah, most of these guys dropped out of school early and they saw uh easy money and they started bootlegging and and uh you know, uh, illegal booze and it just grew from there. And those of them, now, most of them wound yeah. up in jail or dead. Right. See, well, now what's interesting is I just got down interviewing another author that's working with the same time period, but it starts mm-hmm. in Detroit. So it's interesting for me to see you guys use parts of the same time period going back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah, because there's so much good history there. Uh, you know, being a, a fiction writer, I change things around a little bit. Uh, for example, Mo Dalitz was from Cleveland, and uh, but you know, I mean, those northwest, uh, northeast industrial cities. I, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but especially in those days, a little bit interchangeable in, a, in terms of the setting. So, just needed to use that in a, in a as a device to get him to Vegas, uh, right? You know, as a, as a lot. And there and and another famous guy that I used as, as part of the composite of the ghost is uh, Meyer Lansky. And everybody knows Lansky from the uh, Godfather movies. They changed mm-hmm. his name to Hyman Roth, but he was the financier uh, for the mob. And a lot of that money is what went into building that first wave and even the second wave of, of hotel casinos out here. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that, that someone from a different city went in and basically built the city up or financed the city and got rich from it. Oh, then absolutely. Money laundering on the side and whole mess of other. Looking back, it's intriguing, but I know from listening to my grandfather, it was not as glamorous as it makes sounds now. No, no. Well, fiction always makes it a little more glamorous when you see some of the movies like Casino. It- uh, exactly. you know, and, and, and Goodfellas. Uh, but still, it, it does make for quite a story. And sometimes the, the truth is, is stranger and more interesting than the fiction. So, uh, but we, as I say, we've got a lot, a lot to work with. And for any author who's been in Vegas for a long time, you just have to park yourself someplace in a coffee shop or the airport or anywhere and just pay attention to the conversations and the things that are going on around you. And uh, it can provide an endless amount of of material to work with. Oh, I know. It's amazing what you hear listening to other people talk. And what when you're looking for details for a book, what you actually see with your own eyes that you can incorporate. Yes. And as it turns out, as I was doing some... So on the one hand, I'm doing research for the book, you know, uh, following the mob. The other part is learning about the ghost history of Vegas, because I am marrying the two. And it turns out that for a young city, we've got a lot of hauntings and sightings, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at some of the hotel casinos, everything from the old Flamingo 
where they built a wedding chapel where Bugsy Siegel's suite used to be. And there are people, maybe it's just PR, it's good PR, that say that they've seen his ghost at that uh, wedding chapel. And then you've got just a lot of things that happen that, you know, everything from suicides, gamblers who come out here to make a last stand, they bust out and they kill themselves, they jump off the top of a building or something. Uh, those are the types of things that, if, you, if you're so inclined to believe that way, that can create hauntings. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of these stories out here. So uh, if anybody is interested in, in pursuing those, I know they even have haunted tours and, and things like that. Oh, and oh. there's a, a ghost museum that just opened up last year. And I have not had a really? chance to go there yet. Yeah. That guy from TV, Zach Bagan, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. He, that's his, the that's the his, investigator uh, guy. He, yeah. He opened up a haunted museum that is supposed to be in, a, in an old house. Well, it is in an old house that he restored. But I guess there were a lot of shady things going on there. Murders and things and mob related. and uh, right. I, I hear it's quite creepy. I've seen enough of it on TV from watching Ghost Adventures, but I... That's one of the places on my to-do list the next time I'm out that way. Me too. Hey, give me a call. Maybe we'll get a two-for-one, right? There we go. Yeah, I'm on <laughs> to all, all things haunted. So your book is really right up at my alley. Then you have all the haunted history, which I'm a historical buff, and I love the ghost stories that go along with the history. So, Well, this me. one just happens to be right up your alley, huh? Exactly. How did we I get mean, so lucky? I have no idea. <laughs> karma, I guess. There you go. I'm a big believer in karma. All my books, oh, this is my fourth uh, fourth Vegas fiction, and uh, they all touch on karma in one way or another. You know, karma, now, luck, uh, you know, reincarnation, all kinds of second chances, things like that. That is wonderful. Now, what is the name of your other three books? Well, the first one, which came out in the early 2000s, and thanks for asking that question, by the way, uh, is called Dice Angel, and they're all still available up on Amazon. The second is called Money Shot. The third is a composite that I did with a number of other authors, and it's called Restless City. And then this one, which just came out last year, is The House Always Wins. And again, they're very, very Vegas-centric and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I like locals here to kind of nod and 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 smile and go you know this is the town that i know and i also like visitors who love this town to be able to feel like they have some inside information now right it's always great to give the outsiders that inside look and then have your insiders go hey i never thought about this that's the appeal that's that fine line i'm trying to do uh and and it seems to be working so I'm just going to yeah, I think you it. married the two very well. Well, I appreciate that very much. And uh, when you finish it, get a hold of me. And, of course, anybody who reads one, uh, certainly, you know, all authors appreciate Amazon and Goodreads reviews. So if I can put in a plug for that, uh, it really does help sales. Uh, I know you and I didn't discuss this, and I don't know how we would do it, but I'd be very happy to give away a book to one of your listeners. Well, Let's set that up right now since I know we didn't discuss it and it's kind of improv anyways. Why not, Um, right? The whole interview is improv. Let's do it. Right. 
So let's run the contest through, say, this time next month, the 20th of September. Mm-hmm. How would they get a hold of you to enter it? Well, they could get a hold of me directly or if they want to get go through you. But uh, happy to give out my uh, my email address is B like Brian, and then my last name is R O U F F two Fs like Frank Frank. So it's B Ruff at We Are Imagine dot com. That's my company name. Most of us authors still need a day job, right? So B Ruff exactly. at We Are Imagine dot com. Now, and just so um, we put, go ahead. Um, contest entry in your. Uh, subject line so we know what we're looking for. Perfect. And I'll do a random drawing and then uh, you know, my track record is good so I'll be happy to send out an, an autographed copy if they'd like. That would be great. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold of me to enter the same contest I have all Brian's information as well and I can forward him. You can get a hold of me at of light and dark O-F-L-I-T-E A-N-D the word dark with an E at the end at yahoo.com. Again, put contest entry and I will send it right off to Brian. I look forward to it. So hopefully this gets you some traffic. And of course, reviews are always, always, always welcome. Absolutely. Um, Nobody understands really how Amazon works. But uh, if you get enough positive reviews, they start bundling you with other authors, sometimes more successful, and it can definitely drive sales. Uh, Just also for your listeners, uh, the book is available at Barnes & Noble from coast to coast. So, uh, again, the house always wins. And, um, you know, if if they want, whether it's online or whether they like retail, they can get it both ways. That is great. Um. Do, do you have a social media account that they can also find you at? Well, yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> we we all have to. These books don't sell themselves, right? So we have to uh, right. uh, promote as best we can. So if they just go to brianruff.com, that's my website, and that's a portal to you know all kinds of stuff. In addition, if they go to Facebook and they enter Brian Ruff author, uh, they will see all kinds of things. I'm pretty active on there. And I'd love to get involved in conversations, and I do respond in a, in a timely manner. So those would be the main ways that people could get a hold of me. That's excellent. And before we go, because I know we both have very busy schedule today, um, are you going to any author signings, book fairs, book events, or the like anytime soon? Yeah, actually I am. There's a, a so here in Vegas, uh, about 400 miles, 350 is Reno. That's in the northern part of the state, and they have a big literary festival coming up called Literary Crawl, and that happens September 15th. And I'll be there doing some readings and selling the books. I'm on a panel, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, if people are in this neck of the woods, I would love to meet them. That's great. I wish I would have known um, about that uh, literary fair earlier so I could have planned out further for things like that for myself. I'm always well, let's keep in touch, and, uh, and I'll, I, can, I can let you know when the next things are happening. I'm also on Thank Black you. Friday, the Mob Museum 
gift store is bringing in a bunch of local authors, and I will be there from 10 till noon on Black Friday, which I believe is October. Uh, no, not October. It's November. 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 23rd. Right, the day after Thanksgiving. So I think yes. that's November 23rd. <laughs> I was going to say October. That's Halloween, but that would work too. Yeah. Yeah, and I do stuff for Halloween. I can't remember off the top of my head, but because of the ghostly connection, I've got some Halloween uh, stuff happening, I think, at uh, one of the local Barnes & Nobles. That, that's awesome. So I have, let me know if you if there's any good plane, uh, you know, uh, airfare deals. Uh, you know, let me know if you're heading this way. Oh, I always hop a plane whenever I can, so never that's know fantastic. when I – I just did a series of pop-up – uh, podcast back in June, impromptu visit out there promoting my book. Just nice everywhere. So very good. Um, I know this is not my interview, so you know. I, I but if we were just talking, yeah. I would love to hear more about your book. So maybe that, that happens next time. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a next time thing. My book's a little undercurrent right now. It's out there that I'm on author. <laughs> so, God, hey, listen, uh, authors relate very well to other authors strictly because we know how difficult it is. I think most people in the back of their minds want to write a book, but most don't because it's darn hard. And it's like it running is. a marathon, right? It is. It's, and the thing is, what I touch space on a lot is the writing part is easy. It's the marketing that's the hard the marketing is really hard, and it's. I always say it's like running for an election, but it never ends. It's so grassroots. You can't just depend on the publisher or the stores to do the work for you. You've got to get out there pretty much every day and make something happen. And it, it continues on and on, and then you write another book, and it happens all over again. So exactly. we got to love never it, right? Ending. It's got to be a labor yeah. of love. For those I think who, we're all nuts. I think we're all a little bit crazy. Exactly. I have not met an author that is completely sane. So No, otherwise we wouldn't do it. Exactly. We have to love what we do and do what we love. So, so No doubt. But it is very satisfying to see your name on a book, right? On a shelf in a store or on, on it is. online. No matter what, how many books I write, every time I get one in the mail, that's a brand new version of the book or mm-hmm. next book in the series, I have to go out to dinner that night because look at here, I got a mo- new book. So in my name, worthy of a celebration, isn't it? There's nothing exactly. better. Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, good. Well, I'm going to have to check out your books after I hang up. Yeah. Awards are always nice. I'm not sure if uh, any of yours have been out there long enough to qualify or, You've thought about doing awards for your books, but you know it's they're... funny. I I hadn't, and then I talked to another author out here who's who I respect, and she encouraged me to uh, enter some contests, and it actually just received uh, honorable mention for something called the American Literary Awards or the American Fiction Awards, something like that. So that's cool. They're going to send me uh, some kind of decals or something along with it. So it's nice to be recognized. That's... What I really yes, love sir. is reviews from just the, the average fans who take it upon themselves. to, to re- They liked it, so they'll go on there and take the time to write something, and there's nothing better than that where you make that connection, yeah. right, between you and exactly. somebody you've never met. 
Right. Awards are wonderful, but reviews are more heartfelt, and we appreciate those a lot more. A lot more, no question. And and but really, you know, the main person that we're writing for is ourselves, right? Right. Exactly. We have to write, like what we write, or we won't publish it. So, but we're almost out of time. Again, I know you have a very busy schedule today, so thank you for taking time out to talk with me today. It was fun. I enjoyed this very much, and I appreciate the opportunity. And Atlanta, good night. I'll talk to everyone, or you can hear me tomorrow at the same time, same place, on Atlanta Mix 108, and happy reading. And we're out. I want to make sure. Well, that was awesome. That was nice. Yeah, I want to make sure. Oh, no, it's awesome. I want to make sure you had time to get to your uh, meeting, so. Yeah, it's actually here at my office, so I just have to walk to uh, about 20 steps down the hall. So I appreciate that okay. very much. And uh, I'm glad we were able to pull this off. Uh, I hope things go well with your with your husband. And let's uh, uh, let's keep in touch for sure. Very much so. Um, and I'm an Authors Guild representative, so right now I'm just starting to get into the travel for the Guild. So. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. Well, keep, you've got all my contact info. Uh, any opportunities that come up, please let me know. Um, I'm very open to pursuing things. And, uh, Great. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, Great. again, thank you for the interview. Was, uh, I enjoyed it very much. And thank you very much for joining me today. And hope my your pleasure. meeting goes well. Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> Have a great day, and you take care. You too. Okay. Bye bye now.